What is the No Spin News all about? You know that this is a fact-based analysis news program. You know that. We avoid speculation. We don't do conspiracies here. We don't do party politics here. We're not nonpartisan. That's wrong. Not that. Okay, we are advocates for a stronger America and a more just society. We don't believe in communism. We don't believe in socialism. We don't believe in nihilism. We don't believe in the progressive woke culture. We think it is un-American. We don't support that. So you should know what we are. And it would then crystallize what we do. Listen to the No Spin News. Subscribe to Bill O'Reilly's podcast feed wherever podcasts are available. The media has systematically lied to you. The Hunter Biden laptop story, the origin of COVID-19, the Trump-Russia collusion hoax, or how your money's being spent in Ukraine. Enough already with the lies. No more lies, hard truths only. That's what the Truth Podcast is all about. It's not standard conservative talking points. If you want that, go somewhere else. But if you want the hard truth delivered to you in a way that challenges you and will challenge me intellectually, you're not going to find anything like this on the internet. Subscribe, download now the truth. Welcome to Politics by Faith, brought to you by Public Square and Patriot Gold Group. Thank you for being here. I'm so pleased with this special that we just did on the TV. I'm grateful to the first TV for letting me put it on the television at all. It's ridiculous. Uh, you can watch the first TV on uh, DirecTV, channel 347, among other places. But uh, I like I asked them, I said, hey, can we do uh, a special on revival, <laughs> on, on Christian revival? And they said, yes. I was like, oh, that, awesome. Let's do it. So this opening segment, we defined our terms. What does that mean exactly? Then we talked about how desperately we need one. And then we had a guest. We talked uh, with an expert on Jonathan Edwards, one of the most important Americans to have ever lived. He was the father of the first great awakening in America around 1740. And what he did, what God did through him, created the, the environment for the founding fathers to create the country. So what did he do? What, what did Jonathan Edwards do and what did God do? And what was America like in 1730 where we needed a revival at all? We learn all about that. But what I do know right now, we can all agree, so we sure need one now. Enjoy. Hey, Slider Crusaders, America's the greatest country in the world. Welcome to our special, The Great Revival. Things are not going well in America. <laughs> We're not on track. 71% of Americans think America's on the wrong track but almost no one can say why we're on the wrong track or how we got off or where the right track is and how we get back on it. There's three words we need to define, restoration, revival, and resurrection. A restoration is to put back, to restore, to return. A revival is to make alive again, make, make, more make flourishing again. And a resurrection is when something is dead and then becomes alive again. You decide where we are as a country on, the, on that scale. Do we need merely a restoration, a placing back on track? Do we need a revival, which is a, uh, a recovery from neglect? Right? 
Or are we a dead country that needs a complete resurrection? I don't think we're there yet. We're not at resurrection yet. We still exist, even if we may be just a shadow of our former selves. I think we need a restoration and a revival, and that's what today's special is all about. Then we can hopefully avoid needing a resurrection. Let's talk fiscal issues first, because fiscal and social issues are actually the same. They go absolutely hand in hand. Uh, we've talked before about inflation. Inflation isn't just bad because eggs are a bit more expensive. They can collapse a nation. We did a whole special on the Roman Empire to prove that point before. Check out this chart. This is federal debt compared to GDP. It's worse than ever. Right now, our debt compared to GDP is worse than World War II. This is very bad. There's no reason for it. There's no reason for this. It's just unsustainable uh, financial recklessness. We have our leaders who are day traders. They have no skin in the game. They pass budgets decades out with no connection to reality, hoping that they can get the benefits now and the consequences will come when they're long out of office or dead. I think of Barney Frank. Does that name ring a bell? Congressman from Massachusetts. He was the head Democrat on the House Financial Services Committee. He retired when he was 73. And now he's 83. And among other things, he became a board member of Signature Bank, one of the clown show banks that went under recently. Now, when he was in office, he supported massive spending bills, the famous Dodd-Frank financial reform bill. He screwed up this country in profound ways and then retired and then went to serve on the board of a bank where he was paid $2 million. The bank goes under, disappears, and of course he claims no responsibility for anything. That's the system we have today. Politicians, when they're in office, they say, hey, businesses, I'll take care of you when I'm here, and then when I get out, you take care of me. And the businesses say, that's great. You take care of us while you're in office, and we'll take care of you when you get out. And it works for both of them. It's bad for you. So this financial situation is absolutely unsustainable, obviously. Now let's do social. This is the latest example of, of our uh, social demise. Quick backstory. The gay marriage, uh, gay marriage was legal by the Supreme Court in 2015. But the gay lobby, they, they didn't just like stop. They're not like, well, let's just go get real jobs. They decided to take up the cause of the T's, the transgenders. And it was in 2016, just a year later, of the uh, bathroom bill. Do you remember this? Charlotte passed an ordinance that says you can't discriminate based off of transgender status. It made transgender a protected class. So now trans people could use any bathroom they wanted. So the state of North Carolina said that's Great, no, you can't do that. And then all heck broke loose. Remember like PayPal's like, we're out of North Carolina. The NC2A said, we're not gonna host any more tournaments in North Carolina. All these companies signed on to this, uh, this bill, this like legal uh, uh, declaration saying that we are, we're against this and we're out of North Carolina. Like what in the world? That was the first time when all these companies jumped behind this social activist movement of, of craziness, like transgender bathrooms? What in the world? But remember, it came one year after gay marriage was made legal by the Supreme Court. And now here we are just a few years later and Bud Light is sponsoring a 26-year-old man acting like a 12-year-old girl. This month I celebrated my day 365 of womanhood and Bud Light sent me possibly the best gift ever, a can with my face on it. What? Okay, so then that led to Drag Queen Story Hour. But come on, you can't say anything about that. But you know that the slope is very slippery. So the drag queens are reading to kids. And people are like, oh, no big deal, they're just like clowns. Okay, well then the drag queens started performing in front of the kids. 
Now you have drag kids. You have kids dressed up in drag, performing for adults. It's weird. And now we have this. This is a drag queen in North Carolina giving a lap dance to a 10th grader. That's enough of that. So you can look at the adults in the background just standing there watching. There's a TV show in the Netherlands where naked trans people, naked, after their surgeries, stand naked in front of children and describe what happened to their bodies, having their genitals cut off, breasts removed, all the rest. And one of these trans people say, it's euphoric. Do you know what that means? And the children are like, no, I don't know what that means. And then the person said, it feels like you're flying. And one of the... 12-year-old girl said, I want that too. Naked. They're standing there naked in front of children. Naked. The next step is kids performing in front of kids sexually. That will happen soon. Just wait for it. And then the same day I found all that stuff, turns out the Build-A-Bear workshop has a new RuPaul drag bear. And you can find it on their website right next to their Easter merchandise. You with me? There's no question that this country needs an economic, political, social, and spiritual restoration. But in order to do that, we need to know where we came from. We need to know who we once were, right? We can all admit that we're in a bad place, like 71% of Americans, but very few people know that we need to go on that track. That's the track we need again. We need to get on that track, a restoration, then we need a revival once we get there, a revival of our spirits, because all of this madness, all this chaos has made us very unhappy and depressed. Just 14% of U.S. adults say they're happy. We need a spiritual revival. And we have to do this before our country no longer exists. And then one day people will read about America in the history books, and maybe they'll try to resurrect our founding value, values and try again. And that'd be nice, I guess, but it'd be even better to not die in the first place. Revival, restoration, resurrection. Join me. Won't you? Been doing that? Coming up next, Jonathan Edwards sparked the Great Awakening in America, around the 1720s to 1740s or so. How did he do that? And what was going on in America at that time where we needed to be awakened at all? And what are the parallels of then to today? We'll share that next. Spread the word. <music> podcast is brought to you by Patriot Gold Group. I bought gold from them and I, I recommend you look into it. I'll tell you right now that gold prices are right up at record high. I think, well, why would that be? Well, for all logical reasons, like it's not like this is like a, like a weird run, like, um, like a GameStop or something. This is like genuine. Oh yeah, of course that makes perfect sense. I think one of the biggest issues in, our, in the world right now that no one's talking about is Saudi Arabia considering using Chinese currency instead of the U.S. dollar to sell their oil. This would destroy the dollar as the world's reserve currency. Uh, it will happen eventually. And when it does, there's this thing called gold that's been around for thousands of years. The reserve currency, I mean, it used to be the florin then it was the gilder, right? And then the pound. And everyone who, like, if you lived in Florence, when the florin was the world currency, you're like, oh, they'll be the world currency forever. 
Well, then it was the dollar, and we think it'll be the dollar forever. But this demise is entirely a self-inflicted wound. Might I recommend gold, a thing that's had value for thousands of years, a thing that transcends nations. And you can have some. It's amazing how easy you can have. It feels like something the government wouldn't let you have. <laughs> right? Like, I want gold. No, you can't. That, that's what you would think. FDR actually in 1934 made it illegal to own gold. So get it while you can. Patriot Gold Group, they are definitely the best. It's where I bought my gold. Uh, tell them you know Mike Slater. And they have a no fee for life IRA where your IRA or 401k can be in physical gold and silver. 1-800-617-6122. Did I say 1-800? I'm sorry. 1-888-617-6122. Add some eights in there. 888-617-6122. You get a free investor gold guide. Uh, it's good to talk to a person. They are the rated by Consumer Affairs, top rated gold IRA dealer six years in a row. 888-617-6122 or check them out online, patriotgoldgroup.com. Hey, Slider Crusaders, welcome back to our special here. I'm so excited for our next guest because he is an expert in one of the most important American historical figures and too few people know his name or know anything that he's ever done and that is a great shame and it is to my shame that I don't know more about Jonathan Edwards. Matthew Everhart is here. He's the senior pastor of Gospel Fellowship Presbyterian Church, and he wrote his dissertation on Jonathan Edwards' Theology of Joy. Mr. Everhart, how are you, sir? Thank you so much for having me on. Very glad to talk about Jonathan Edwards today. Very important figure, no doubt. Absolutely, and, and so few people know him. So let's take us back, right? Let's, let's talk, let's, before, I want to ask you about the America that he lived in as he then went on to spark the Great Awakening. Uh, but first, tell us a little bit about him. This podcast is sponsored by Talkspace. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and Talkspace, the leading virtual therapy provider, is encouraging people to talk it out in therapy. By talking or texting with a supportive, licensed therapist at Talkspace, you'll gain insights, discover truths, and experience breakthroughs that will improve how you live and how you feel. With Talkspace, just answer a few questions online, and you'll be matched with a therapist. And because you'll meet your therapist online, you don't have to take time off work or arrange childcare. You'll meet on your schedule, whenever you feel most at ease. Plus, Talkspace works with most major insurers, and most insured members only pay a $25 copay or less. No insurance? No problem. If you want to make progress toward a mentally healthier place, Talkspace is here for you. Now get $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80 when you go to Talkspace.com. Match with a licensed therapist today at Talkspace.com. Save $80 with code SPACE80 at Talkspace.com. Well, Jonathan Edwards, we can probably frame him up as being somewhere between the Salem witch trials and the founding of the nation in 1776. So Edwards's life was 1703 to 1758, and he is no doubt one of the most important thinkers, theologians, pastors, revivalists, and certainly a philosopher as well. So he's notable for a number of his writings, especially around the Great Awakening of 1740. He's most known by his sermon, uh, Sinners in the Hand of an Angry God. I was talking to a friend of mine who's read a ton of Jonathan Edwards, and he's like, yeah, that's not even close to his best work. And he was so prolific. Can you even begin to put that into terms? Well, Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God is an excellent sermon, no doubt about that. But um, it should probably always be taken with another sermon called Heaven is a World of Love, where he also talks about heaven 
and as amazing uh, terms and images and symbols as he does hell in Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. So while it is a good representative of some of the sermonic output that he did, it's not necessarily encompassing of the whole body of the things that he that he talked about. So I always say read Heaven is a World of Love at the same time you read Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. Wonderful. Okay, so that's a little bit about Jonathan Edwards. Tell us about The Great Awakening. What was that? So The Great Awakening is one of the great revivals in which God poured out his spirit on a number of people. We think of other revivals too. Of course, the Bible has revivals in the time of Josiah and Hezekiah in the Old Testament. We may think of the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2 as a great revival. And throughout history, there have been a number of revivals, including the Reformation of the 1500s in Europe. But here in the Western world, in the Americas, we've seen at least two Great Awakenings, the first of which took place in Edwards' time, 1740 to 1742, and the second Great Awakening took place after his death. But as far as the first Great Awakening goes, Jonathan Edwards is probably the primary theologian of that time, whereas George Whitfield is probably the most important preacher of that time. Uh, both are mm. preachers and theologians, but Edwards' role there is really to help the people understand what revival was and why things were happening as they were at that time. I want to ask you what the main message of this revival was, but maybe before that, what was the social conditions of America at that time? It was before we were a country, but what was the social conditions that necessitated a revival, that Jonathan Edwards thought, things are not good, <laughs> we, we need an awakening? Right. Well, um, human nature being as it is, uh, mankind is always in need of the grace of God. So you can pick out any particular point in history and you'll find yeah. that man needs the saving work of God through Jesus Christ. And so even though the colonies were largely Christianized in the sense that many of the people that dwelled in the colonies, lived in the colonies permanently were Christians, and many of them were raised by Christians and their grandparents were Christians, Yet, nevertheless, in every generation, there is a need for a fresh work of God. And what makes revival such an important uh, phenomenon is that revival causes man to see himself as a sinner, uh, one who stands in need of the grace of the gospel. And in revival, what we see is that a number of people on a broad scale, uh, at, at scale, are converted. And they see themselves as being sinners, and they turn to God through Christ in repentance. And in so doing, entire cities and towns and even the, uh, the colonies themselves were transformed by the message of this gospel preaching. So what was their specific message? Was it any, I mean, obviously the Bible, right? But was there anything, a unique twist or a unique emphasis on this Great Awakening? Well, the first Great Awakening is a little bit different from the second Great Awakening. Um, the first Great Awakening came as somewhat of a of a surprise. It wasn't necessarily anything that anybody planned. Uh, revival is not something necessarily that can be concocted by programs or by some sort of creative ingenuity of, of human beings. But revival, at least in the first Great Awakening, came about as men preached the gospel through the scriptures. And so what happened is that people fell under the dread terror of the law of God and the holiness of God, and they saw themselves as sinners that needed to, to be converted. And even though this message had already permeated much of the colonies, yet there was something unusual in Edwards' time that really can only be described as a work of God in which the preaching of men like Edwards and Whitfield had unusual effect, such that people began mm. to experience strange phenomena. Some people were falling down in the pews, other people were crying out, 
Sometimes meetings lasted well into the, the late nights. The pastors did a lot of work of consoling and counseling their parishioners. And quite honestly, it was because that there was a very clear presentation of man's need for repentance and God's gracious willingness to dispense that uh, grace through Christ in the gospel. A clear presentation of man's need for repentance. That's what we need today, among other things. A clear presentation of man's need for repentance. We are so far away from that. Uh, I, I, I'm assuming you agree with that, Matthew. What parallels do you see from 1740 America? Let's do pre, pre-awakening, so 1730s to today that we can learn from. Well, um, the Great Awakening itself was a wonderful phenomenon, and certainly it does give us hope that God can do amazing things. I think one of the things that happens to us is that we tend to look out on our own world and think that things are near disaster, that there's almost no way that things can be pulled up onto a right track again. And yet what's um, what's marvelous and somewhat beautiful is that God often does a surprising work such that uh, we feel like the culture that is lost in immorality uh, that has no hope of redemption or turning can actually be steered right again, even as the people turn back to God through faith. Mm-hmm. But that's the problem right there, is that people have to see their own need for repentance and, and conversion. And certainly, at least in those times, through the preaching of Edwards and Whitfield and other men, they began to see their need of, of repentance and turning. But a, a morality of a culture or a nation is not going to change unless mankind, first of all, sees himself as wretched and, and needing that grace. Otherwise, he continues hardened in his sin, and culture does not uh, change for the better, sometimes for the why worse. Do people, why do people not want to hear that message of wretchedness, even though, as we all know, the most famous sin, or most famous hymn in, in the Christian world as uh, a saved a wretch like me. Why do people jut back so much at that word? You know, the gospel literally means the good news, but the good news of the gospel presupposes the bad news of our sinful condition. And there is no gospel mm-hmm. unless we first of all understand the bad news, and that is that we are sinners, that each one of us has a hard heart, that we turn away from God's law, that we disobey his will, and sometimes even knowingly and very and very hardeningly we do so. We uh, we know what, what is right and what he requires of us to some extent, and yet we refuse to acknowledge that. And in so doing, we continue to harden our own hearts. So the first step is that we have to acknowledge our own sinfulness, and only then can we turn to find the grace that he offers us through the cross. Amen. How did the Great Awakening uh, influence our founding fathers? We, just, we started off the show talking about a sermon from Jonathan Prince in uh, 1730, talking about our fathers. And it's funny because if you didn't know the timing, you'd assume he was talking about Thomas Jefferson and George Washington and all the rest. But no, it was before those guys. He's talking about like the Puritans and the Pilgrims. So there was a whole generation before our founding fathers that are, are mostly forgotten, unfortunately. So how did these guys, these pre-founding fathers people and the Great Awakening affect uh, our founding fathers and the founding of this country? Well, um... I think that's a little bit of a difficult question, especially in relation to Edwards. Since Edwards dies in 1758, he's obviously before the stirrings of the revolution really begin. Whitfield, though, um, lived to see that day, and so he began Mm. to preach a little bit more politically in some of his sermons a little bit later on. 
Now, both exactly. Edwards and Whitfield would have considered themselves to be British citizens, and so they would have been at least theoretically loyal to the king. But even as things began to turn politically, Whitfield sensed that something quite beautiful was happening in America and that this was a very good thing. And some of his later sermons then became more and more overtly political. And so for each one of the founding fathers, um, the awakening would have had greater or lesser effect on them uh, personally. But one of the things that we might say is that the revolution might not have happened or at least might not have happened in the same time had the Great Awakening not preceded it first. Or in the same way, right? Perhaps it could have looked more like the French. Um, Matthew, my last question for you is, uh, do you pray for one of these Great Awakenings again today? Yeah, I do. In fact, I pray for revival to happen almost every Lord's Day when we gather together with our church um, during our prayer time. One of the thing that we, things that we ask for is that God would pour out His Spirit again. We're in a woeful state, and this is my opinion here, um, but we're in a very precarious position right now where we have serious political polarity. Uh, we have all kinds of ungodliness. We have uh, some very hardened hearts. Some of those hardened hearts are in our leadership. And so we would pray that God would do something great again. And at least the good news of the Great Awakening is that God has done it before. In fact, he's done it many times before, and uh, he can and certainly may do it again. So we do, we do need to pray for that regularly. Amen. Matthew Everhart, Senior Pastor, Gospel Fellowship Presbyterian Church. Mr. Everhart, I hope we can definitely talk again, sir. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Coming up next, we're going to talk about two big words that our founding father used all the time, mortification and humiliation. What do those mean? Why do we need those two things that sound awful? We'll do that next. Mike Slater, spread the word. This podcast is brought to you by Public Square. I'm so grateful to them for sponsoring what we do here, for believing in what we do here, but also just for creating this product. You've been following this whole Dylan Mulvaney thing. Next week's TV show special, and we'll put it here too, is about transgenderism and just what in the world is going on. Bud Light sponsoring this 26-year-old man who's acting like a 12-year-old girl, and now Nike giving him sports bras? Like, what, what in the world? It's like, like 20 different companies have sponsored this guy pretending to be a little girl. It's the most bizarre thing in the world. It's just like, stop giving money to these people. It should hurt these people. When these businesses, their marketing departments, get together and decide to do this, it should hurt them. But it doesn't. It helps them. They get publicity and people continue to buy whatever you know they're selling. And it's amazing. So we need to knock it off. And the way to knock it off is go to Public Square. Public Square, free download in the App Store. And it has a, it just connects you with all the businesses near you and across the country that share your values, that believe in freedom, that are against all this ridiculous, woke nonsense and want to, to have a sane country again. There's five values that these businesses have to sign on to in order to be in the app. And you can go to publicsq.com and read all about those. But download the app. It's totally free. Start easy. Just start with restaurants. Restaurants near me and support people who support America. And we're all on the same team here. This is how you find people who are on your team. Publicsq.com. Free download. Public Square in the App Store.